the wrestling podcast about nothing is brought to you by bda radio bda radio doesn't break news they break the news with their wild commentary regarding mma and wrestling head on over to bdaradio.com and check out all of the latest news on the ufc bellator wwe and much more they are proud to be the voice of fans because they are fans themselves bdaradio.com I think I can sum up the show for you with one word. Nothing. Wrestling fans, there are millions and millions of podcasts out there, but there's nothing like this one. Do you ever just get down on your knees and thank God that you know me and have access to my dimension? This is the wrestling podcast about nothing. Nothing? Nothing. Welcome to the wrestling podcast about nothing, episode 14, presented by BDARadio.com. There are so many pro wrestling podcasts out there covering every facet of the business. So we went to BDA Radio and said we had a different idea for a podcast. Everybody's doing something. We'll do nothing. They said, what's your wrestling podcast about? We said nothing. And thankfully, they said, we think you may have something here. So here we are. My name is Mike Crockett. I'm a longtime independent wrestling referee in the Northeast, currently on an extended hiatus from the ring. And joining me, as always, is a veteran of the New England independent Matt Wars, the irresistible force, the immovable object, the man of 1,009 followers, the kingpin, Brian Malonis. You'd think I'd be so much happier after finally reaching over the 1,000 mark, but I got in late Friday night, I got in late Saturday night, and then WWE at Battleground gives us a goddamn runover for the Jericho Orton segment, which would have been just as... Just as good on SmackDown Live, so... Uh, well, if you figure if they get to run over three hours uh, every week on a Raw or something like that, they have to give you this equal value for the uh, WWE Network, right? Do they, do they Mike? <laughs> do they now? Right, Brian, just have a chocolate chip cookie here. I'll give you a I little know, We are energy. surrounded by pizza boxes and cookie bags and... We got plenty of goodies, plenty of goodies to go around, and we got a good one for you here on the Wrestling Podcast about nothing this week. But before that, let's talk about the podcast. This podcast is available every Monday on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, Google Play Music, TuneIn Radio, and of course, on BDARadio.com. Now we ask you, please do something for the Wrestling Podcast about nothing. Be sure to subscribe to the feed on the podcast app you're using right now, and take a minute to rate and review us. Believe us, this is the best way to increase our exposure and help us grow. So please do us a personal favor. Make sure you subscribe to the WPAN so you can download the podcast every Monday and take just a minute of your time and give us a review. All right. We are mere moments removed from WWE's Battleground pay-per-view, Brian. And we are here to break it all down for you. The highs, the lows, the twos, the froze. The yadas and the yadas. Yes, indeed. We might, <laughs> we might yada a little bit. I would say that's a good chance of that. I think this pay-per-view was funny because the, there was some very high highs and I think some lows. You know, I think it was a kind of a pay-per-view of extremes. And we will get into all of it and we're going to mix in some draft results as well. After our epic preview last week, we're going to see, are we the geniuses that we claim to be, Brian? Well, I know I wasn't. <laughs> we will find out. We will find. Hey, no spoilers. Come oh, on. sorry. We'll find out. Okay. Plus, your weekly promo about nothing and much more. But before we get into all that, 
let's talk about our sponsor. People ask me, what do you mean, BDARadio.com? What does the BDA stand for? Brock's Drug Abuse? (laughs) They don't get this podcast up in Saskatchewan, do they, Ryan? Uh, He is Canadian. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, uh, let me just read this here. I I didn't write this, Brian. This was uh, handed to me. It's just like a WWE promo. It was just handed to me in a sheet of paper. It's like a Bill Burr read. (laughs) Right. I'm just reading this. I mean, I I have no... uh, It says here, uh, Mr. Lesnar may have had two tainted samples, but something that is untainted is BDA Radio's reputation as the place for the most unique commentary on mixed martial arts and pro wrestling on the internet. They don't break news. They break the news with their wild commentary regarding MMA and wrestling. Head over to BDARadio.com and check out all the latest news on UFC, Bellator, WWE, and much more. BDA Radio. Eat. Sleep. Visit BDARadio.com. Repeat. No enhancement needed. Oh, Brian, you just had to go there, didn't you? Just just like Randy Orton tonight. You just had to go there. Out of nowhere. <laughs> Out of nowhere. Okay, Battleground. We just saw it on the WWE Network. You know, 11.20, they went off the air. We set up shop here in your kitchen. Uh, you know, there may be a <laughs> snoring giant in the other room. Trying to avoid the yes. docile tones of the Playboy sawing <laughs> some wood. So... So battleground it is. So let's get right into it. The kickoff show, Brizongo versus the Usos. Yada yada yada. <laughs> yeah. Yada yada yada. <laughs> Brizongo picks up a big win. Yes, the Usos went for their finish, and um, I believe it was Tyler Breeze got the knees up. Yeah, I think most notably is the crowd went freaking nuts when <laughs> Brizongo won for some inexplicable reason. I don't yes, understand. Yes, the it. Washington D.C. faithful are they're very uh they're very partial to Fandango and Tyler Breeze. Tyler Breeze from there or something? I don't think so. Right? I don't know where the hell he's from, but they loved him. In Washington, D.C., Brizongo gets the win over the Usos. The start of the pay-per-view, which was uh, kind of surprising, they went right for the big mystery tag team. Yeah, hot opener, I think. I mean, and I think they went the obvious route. The route people thought they were going to go, and Bailey was Sasha Banks' partner, and the freaking place came unglued. And sometime, I tweeted out, I live as we live tweet all the WWE pay-per-views, uh, that sometimes it's a really good thing to give the crowd exactly what they're expecting, exactly what they want, because I think it was a very cool moment. Kind of the the buzz, if you will, on Twitter as I was searching around was perhaps this was a one-time deal for Bailey as she is going back down. I think wrestling Asuka at TakeOver, but nonetheless, a very cool moment, I think, and uh, good to see Bailey up there, I think, where she really belongs at this point. And people have done both, like Kevin Owens, uh, most notably, have done NXT and WWE TV and with no problem so I don't see that being an issue I, I think she might be up for good I hope so I mean yeah. that's where that's where she belongs I mean and, and again the power of NXT just proving to be a very a very powerful vehicle for these uh, up-and-coming stars because 20,000 people whoever for 15 20,000 people however many in the arena tonight Went friggin' ballistic when Bailey's music hit. Yes, and the match, let's say, say that the match was Charlotte and Dana Brooke versus Sasha Banks and her mystery partner, which was Bailey. It wasn't exactly, I would call, a, a showcase for Bailey this match. She was underneath basically uh, most, if not all, of the match. I guess, you know, Sasha Banks and Charlotte is the presumptive title match at SummerSlam, so I guess, you know, you want to get 
the that program over and not quite worrying about Bailey just yet. But um, basically, the finish was Sasha put on the bank statement and uh, Charlotte tapped out. So that's you know. Right, that was the main focal point of this was was right. the Bailey, I mean, excuse me, the uh, Sasha Banks Charlotte program going forward. So yeah, I, I again not a showcase for Bailey, but good to see her on the main roster. The next match was a six man tag, the New Day against the Wyatt family. New Day were celebrating being the longest reigning WWE World Tag Team Champions of all time, which was disputed by you and uh, referee Tony S. Uh, yeah, I knew um, there, there was something fishy about this, and I went to the authority on title reigns, referee Tony S. of the Checking the Boots podcast. That's a brand new podcast that's out there, folks. Check out Checking the Boots. They're on iTunes. Chip K and referee Tony S entering the podcasting world, so check them out. I checked with uh, Tony S. and asked him if that is true, that the New Day are the longest-running tag team champions ever. And, of course, uh, Demolition had a longer reign, but, you know, I guess the way the titles have split on various occasions due to the brand splits and such that the the title lineages have kind of gone a little funky. Yeah, WWE playing a little game here, obviously. I mean, their run... In the, and, and is there a run here? I mean, is this... Is this both of their runs combined this time period, this time I don't frame think so. that they're no? This is actually from the yeah because uh, they lost them very briefly to was it to, it was to the primetime players I believe at one point right yeah but this is yeah I think this is a one consecutive reign so the match uh, as I said New Day versus the Wyatts uh, Braun Strowman um, I think if you watched Raw last week he was they tried to feature him as a big force and put him in the match a bunch. I think he was somewhat exposed as well, just uh, not ready. Dangerous? For, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, you know, I never want to get on here and just, you know, crush anybody and I'm not and that's, I'm not crushing him, but yeah, he looks like a guy who's not ready to me. He looks like a guy who uh could probably use some more seasoning. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen cuz he's drafted solo to the raw brand um but who knows maybe maybe they're gonna do a something with him where he just beats local enhancement talent for a little bit here and you know just pray if you're a local indie yes. talent that you don't get booked for that spot <laughs> maybe you shouldn't uh, you know go out of your way brian to uh put your name in for <laughs> for the next time they come around locally well you know i'll just go eat catering anyways and never use me for any <laughs> spots <laughs> all right so Biggie had his monthly uh, brush with death. Oh, my God. Doing I, that spear through the ropes. He did it to Braun Strowman, as we were just talking about Braun Strowman. How do they let him keep doing this? Like, I don't know. You're like an agent or Triple H or Vince McMahon or somebody would pull him inside and say, hey, stop it. You don't land this safely every time. One of these times, one of these times, it's not going to turn out well. He yeah. came down on his head and shoulders. I'm not talking about shampoo here. He just... He came, like Strowman went flying, and he came down at a very awkward angle, straight down to the mats on the outside. I'm not even sure what the best case scenario is with with that because I I haven't seen it landed cleanly one time. It's just stop, please, for the love of God, before you hurt yourself. And who knows, he could be banged up right now. <laughs> but we, I think we say that after every pay per view. I feel like it's spot. been, yeah, yeah, I feel like it's been, but. Yeah, I mean, I think that, that overall the match was a little, eh, whatever. I think the feud overall between the Wyatts and the New Day was a little, I, I don't I don't understand why or, or where, especially with the brand split and, 
you know, I, I don't understand how it all how it all works. They had kind of started the new day in the club, and then they kind of stopped that to do this Wyatt's thing. And now the club and the new day are both on Raw, so you would figure that's probably where it's going. I didn't really understand it. Uh, the Wyatt's win, you know, which I think is probably good. You don't want, you know, you want Bray Wyatt to start building some momentum. I'm guessing he's going to be one of the top guys on on the SmackDown brand. So, um, yeah, the heel side on SmackDown is pretty light. So I think he's by necessity he's going to have to be one of the top guys on the brand. So Xavier, the a big part of that story was Xavier was afraid of of Bray Wyatt and he overcame it temporarily, but in the end. He turned around and Bray was doing his creepy crawler pose where he's, you know, like a, the crab walk and he froze and Xavier got hit with Sister Abigail for the win. So, as you said, the Wyatts came out victorious and uh, now who knows where and, they go Yeah, and here. a swan song, I guess, for the for the Wyatts be, or, uh, as they're currently constituted because, like I said, Braun Strowman going to Raw, uh, Eric Rowan and, and Bray Wyatt going to SmackDown. You would figure maybe Luke, Luke Harper is going to rejoin them or who knows, maybe, maybe there's a new member of the Wyatts coming in. You never know. You never know. Uh, okay, we'll move on to Rusev versus Zack Ryder. Of course, Rusev was uh, summoned to the ring by Lana, who was uh, – Good Lord, huh? Good <laughs> Lord, my wife doesn't listen to this, anyways. But maybe she can hear you, though. She, I mean, she's right nah, upstairs. She's, she's snoring harder than the Playboy is at this point, probably. <laughs> that but, is uh, impossible. <laughs> Absolutely impossible. L- Lana is just something else, my man. Something else. So if you want to talk about outfits, how about Zack Ryder? He's draped in the stars and stripes. I freaking love Zack Ryder. You I do. Know, I'm a huge fan of Zack Ryder. Yeah, I love Zack Ryder. I think. Uh, I, lo- I love following him on social media. I genuinely feel like the passion from the guy. I feel like he loves being there and he loves professional wrestling and he always has some sort of homage to his favorites of the past, you know, tonight with the Sting and, and then the Ultimate Warrior uh, inspired trunks and the Sting inspired jacket. And he's always in great shape. I think he always gives a great performance and he always comes up short. <laughs> yes. And, and yeah, if, after what he's been put through these past few years, he's still uh, a positive and um, motivated person. That says a lot about the guy. But uh, in this match, he, as you said, he was beaten. Put him in the accolade. But Zack Ryder started to <laughs> battle back. He started to come up. But Rusev then just sat back on the mat, holding him in the accolade. And he finally got the tap out. Yeah, I like the I like the evolution of uh, the, what the accolade has become now. That sit back with it type. Uh, thing Rusev does now. I think it's, I don't know, it makes it look a hell of a lot more intense than just a traditional camel clutch. Right. I'm a big fan of it. It looks, it looks great. It looks devastating. looks like something I myself would not like to be put in. Yes. Uh, nor, I don't even know if my body would physically bend that way in this this moment in time. Well, you could try right here. What do you think? You think you put it on me, Mike? Sure. <laughs> well, maybe we'll do that one of those videos you're talking about. Yeah, well, no, I mean, now that I, you know, the time's, I think, passed now. Uh, you, right. you, you killed it. You killed it, Mike. <laughs> Good job, you joyless all prick. Right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Okay, let's talk about the most important part of this match. Rusev continued to pound him after the match, and then Mojo Raleigh from NXT ran Rusev off. Really? The most important part of the match? I thought we were going to go back to Lana because... Oh, come on now. <laughs> I, yeah. So this Mojo is... Raleigh was so fired up, he sprinted down to the ring and then just kind of growled at Rusev, who just got out of the ring, and it was this weird, uh, I don't know, staring contest He told sorts. Rusev he's not hype. <laughs> he's definitely not hype. 
That's what if somebody was ever beating you up, Mike, I would sprint to your aid Thank and then you. just and then just scream in their face that they ain't hype. <laughs> that and, would be and, enough, I think. And uh, I think to put it mildly, the crowd shat all over <laughs> um, the appearance of Mojo Raleigh. I thought I thought right there. I was saying right then and there. Oh, he's gonna attack Ryder. I I thought that's what was gonna happen, but it was not to be. I think we're in store for some hype bros on SmackDown. Yes, and Mojo Riley, one of the more quizzical draft picks from NXT in the draft also. So, so what you're saying is, he ain't hype? Well, I didn't say that. You just did. He ain't hype? <laughs> Nia Jax is also another NXT person who was drafted that uh, was somewhat... I mean, I guess you understand she's different. She's related to The Rock. I was going to say she's The Rock's <laughs> cousin. So she, and, and she's another I'm pretty, one. I'm pretty sure we're The Rock's cousin, right? I mean, like, <laughs> I'm pretty sure somewhere along the line we're, we're part of the uh, Samoan dynasty, right? I would, I would love it. I would love it. I know we'd have jobs. It give, give me some credibility for crying out loud. But, uh, yeah, Nia Jax is, uh, I would say, similar, similarly to Braun Strowman. Yeah. I don't know if she's ready. It's she's trained from day one in WWE developmental, and I mean, what has it been a year, maybe even less? Yeah, I mean, it just I think again the way WWE does stuff is very different than they had in the past. Uh, I mean, it used to be they'd want guys with a decade or more experience, right, before putting them on their programming, and now it's you know Nia Jax with a year or so experience or even a guy like Roman Reigns who's only been around for about four or five years is expected to carry the company type type deal right. so uh very different time and sometimes these people get exposed um you know you hope they're all successful but sometimes when you put people in positions like this they won't and can't succeed and some yeah sometimes it's, it's sink or swim with all these guys and you, you see them kind of focus on these Guys like Nia Jax, like Mojo Raleigh, like Baron Corbin, guys that they trained from day one. I think they really want to get those type of people out there to show, like, this is what you can do if you come to the Performance Center. And hopefully they all become success stories, but you never know. They're kind of, as I said, put out there to sink or swim on uh, with uh, minimal... Yeah, I mean, at some point you, ha- you have to get to that point with some of them. I, think, I mean, I think Mojo Raleigh's been around enough time now where it's like, all right, Let's see what this guy can do on the main roster, right. or you know, you know, shit or get off the pot, as they say, Mike. Yes, and uh, while we're talking about NXT draft picks, uh, Finn Balor was drafted like number five overall. I know we both talked about how he would be our first pick overall, but he was still pretty highly picked in the draft, and I think that was that's a good thing for him to to show him that he is something. That he's something. yeah, he was. I think the one guy who was like. You thought would be an NXT pick that actually was. I mean, maybe you heard a little bit of buzz about American Alpha, but all the other ones were just kind of like Alexa Bliss uh, yeah. was the other. Alexa yeah. Bliss, Carmella, yes. you know, it was just kind of out of out of nowhere. And maybe they did that for shock value or whatever. So I'm very interested to see what they do with Finn Balor uh, going forward, but uh, didn't appear tonight. Okay, moving on to Sami Zayn versus Kevin Owens, Brian. What a match, man! Like I was, what a match! Uh, I mean, obviously these guys have probably wrestled. I don't, I, I don't know. I, I don't even, I don't even know how to ballpark it. At because, least hundreds of times. Yeah, I mean they have wrestled so much that they could probably do this sort of thing in their sleep, and uh, it'll be good. But uh, that match could have very easily main evented this pay per view, and 
nobody would be unhappy about it. Nobody would be complaining. Nobody would even question it. Not even, I think, the guys on the roster. Uh, I think two different occasions, the, the crowd, the live crowd, gave them standing ovations once towards the end of the match and then right after the match. Uh, just, I, I think, as somebody in the business who wrestles, uh, wow, blown away. Uh, I think as a, still as a fan of this, blown away. Um, just outstanding performance, I think. Uh, I mean, I'm sure both guys are on cloud nine about it and just super proud of it. And if they're not, they really should be because that was, uh, as, as they say uh, in the IWC, uh-huh. <laughs> match of the year candidate. M-O-T-Y-C? I wasn't going to try to figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, there's so much to talk about here. I got a long list of stuff here. I don't know why I'm starting with this, but he botched a split-legged uh, moonsault to the floor. Do you remember that? He just kind of bounced awkwardly on the yeah, on was, the top rope and kind of <laughs> fell back. I think it was just when you were tweeted, uh, "Stay off the ropes, Sammy." Yes, yeah, and, he, and every time, every time after this, he went to the top rope. He was cut off by Kevin Owens or something like that. So I just it stopped going to the ropes. It's not Stay working. Off the ropes. Uh, a big spot was the uh, old school El Generico brainbuster on the apron. Again, I see these things, Mike. I'm just like, hmm. All right, glad I'm not. Uh, glad I don't have to take stuff like that. There's <laughs> a girl monsoon. I'm glad I'm retired, right? So I'm well, not, retired, not retired, but, but yeah. From there, a little later on, a super kick when he was going for the tornado DDT on the floor through the ropes, and then he got into the ring and did a cannonball onto his face that was hanging over the ropes. Um, what'd you think of that? I. It's so funny because, like, again, I was so thoroughly entertained and caught up in the match. And, uh, I mean, I thought it was just really creative. I mean, he does the cannonball every match. It's one of his signature moves. But, again, a creative a creative spin to it, which is uh, sometimes the small genius of, like, really good professional wrestlers. They can find ways to do their signature stuff but still make it seem fresh and creative and new and exciting. Kevin Owens did a frog splash from there, and there was a, a moment delay where he sold, and then he you know, covered him, and there was a kick out. Uh, they did a number of reversals of their finishes, like you know, showing that they really know each other very well. Zayn hit multiple half Nelson suplexes, went for a cover. There was another kick out. Kevin Owens pop up power bomb right by the ropes. Which I thought was it there. I that 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 finished that that one i thought was the end of the match i thought it was something it was a little fishy <laughs> to me just because the way they did it by the ropes and uh, that's your keen eye officiating yes. eye mike sammy zane <laughs> got that one little pinky toe under the bottom and rope. That, that never i don't know what it is because i've been in situations myself where you try to do that last second foot on the rope or under the rope or like the manager tries to put the foot on the rope and i swear to you every single time i think i've seen it or tried to do it it like it doesn't go well you misjudge the the distance or the timing's a little yeah, off yeah i don't There's know i something. don't yeah i don't know what it is yeah it just always seems to be off but i mean just a small hiccup in you know, otherwise outstanding. I mean, stuff. They, you know, they got the job done. There was uh, a part of the body was underneath the rope, so that stopped the count. So at the end of the day, they did what they had to do. And from there, Zayn hit one haluva kick, and he always went to collapse. <laughs> one, one, one haluva kick, huh? One haluva. <laughs> that kick. was one haluva kick. 
Oh, well, oh my goodness. I'd never caught that before. Yes, I did. So he catches him as Owens is falling out of the corner. He catches him and holds him and kind of glares at him, like almost maybe showing compassion or or what. But then he pushes him back into the corner, and Owens is there hanging dead and hits a second kick to the limp Owens and gets the win. And uh, Sami Zayn, I think, really needed this win. I agree. Yeah, a smart decision. At this point, the way they've built Kevin Owens, losing this match isn't going to derail where he's at. Um, and Sami Zayn, I think, is really he really needed this win. And uh, I think seen, I think you saw some real emotion, too, there on Sami Zayn after the match. I mean, obviously, the two guys have an emotional tie to one another. They're, they're best friends in real life. Um, you know, and then to go out there, put on that type of performance, steal the show, tear down the house, however you want to describe it, uh, and get that sort of uh, ovation from the crowd. I do think you saw some real emotion there, you know, on Sami Zayn. Yes, and yeah, well-deserved. Uh, from there, I know you tweeted, who gets to follow this match? <laughs> and as it turns out, it was Natalia and Becky Lynch, one-on-one women's match. Uh, tough spot for those two, and the crowd didn't really have a lot to give them after that previous no, match. No, they were exhausted. Uh, and, and, I mean, this is these aren't two schlubs either. Becky Lynch and Natalia are both... Natalia's uh, my top female pick. Yes, yes. Uh, so, I mean, without getting into a ton of detail in this match, I think this is one we can, no disrespect to the woman, gloss over a little bit. But Natalia picks up the win, makes Becky Lynch tap out, which is a was a bit surprising to me. But then thinking about it, Natalia maybe positioning herself as the top heel female on the SmackDown side, and maybe we're going to see. You know, they're going to probably give two world championships uh, on the men's side. Why not two you know, world championships on the on the women's side as well? Yeah, and uh, so, yeah, sharpshooter finish by Natalia, and she wins uh, pretty clean in the ring. And from there, it was Darren Young with Mr. Bob Backlund in his corner, challenging The Miz with Maurice in his corner for the Intercontinental title. If I could mention Lana, i got to mention Maurice, man. Good Lord. These women are just... They're killing you? Yeah. Oh my goodness! And uh, Jesus. well, what was killing me were, were the masks that Miz and Maurice were wearing. I know I said to you as soon as they came out, <laughs> are they in New Orleans? Is this pay per view from New Orleans? No, DC. No, yeah, they're just, just wearing good old penis nose. <laughs> <laughs> they're wearing these fancy ma- Mardi Gras masks, and uh, it was there for no particular reason. I couldn't figure it out. <laughs> hey, then don't look for me to next. I, I, I have nothing to offer on explanation for this. It was weird. I don't, under- I don't understand it. So, um, I think I mean, it was funny. I, refer- I referenced to you, like, remember when The Miz was, like, unique? <laughs> like... He had like the different sort of haircut, the different sort of wrestling gear, and now he just has like this stand. I mean, I mean, he has like that was the, a long, the, long time. Ago. I know, but he has like the Hollywood character. But still, he's a very. I mean, I think once he takes off the that wrap or whatever he wears, I mean, his look is very generic. He just has a normal haircut, and he's a normal looking guy with some black trunks. Well, he's very dashingly handsome in a Hollywood type of way. Sure, sure, Miz is a good looking guy. I mean, I'm I'm comfortable enough to admit that. I've been a big fan of his since the Ray Diorio, if you're listening right now, my my real world compadre. We've been a fan since way back when when he had that little fake championship belt and he just did basically the Rock's character and called himself the Miz. <laughs> 
yeah. Th- anyways, let's. So uh, anyway. we digress. Uh, yeah, let's so, get on with the match. Yeah, here. They, well, a good friend of ours, Darren Young. Darren Young, yes, the Bone Crusher. He was a. Uh, the cutoff was he was sitting on the top rope and Maurice kind of yelled up at him and distracted him and Miz pushed him over to the floor. There was like a a, a kind of unique spot with a, a backslide where they really kind of they really milked that and teased the, like almost a test of strength where can Miz get uh, Darren Young over in this um, backslide? I mean, it didn't really get over with the people, but no, I mean, I think the match itself overall was was a solid match. It's just. Again, I think partially victim of, of being too after you know the Sami Zayn Kevin Owens match. I think some of it the crowd not terribly invested into Darren Young quite yet with this new character. Uh, I'm not sure how invested the crowd is on the Miz at this point. Right. Uh, well, so let's talk about the finishing sequence where uh, Miz decided for some reason ah, I'm out of here, and he goes to leave, and Bob Backlund is in the aisleway and blocks his path, and Miz can't get by Backlund. So Miz kind of backs into the ring, and, and Darren grabs him by the hair and pulls him into the ring. From there, Maurice walks over and slaps Bob Backlund in the face. Okay. I feel like there's something missing here, right? Like, maybe Bob Backlund missed doing something, or well, like... what happened was Maurice just kind of fell onto her ass... And says to the, in the ring to Miz that Bob hit her, and I think maybe that that was supposed to be like the spot, like she acted like Bob hit her to get the Miz to go so after him. Freaking bizarre! It was tough to. And we haven't even to got follow. to the most bizarre, bizarre point of it yet. Well, Miz went after Bob and knocked him down, and then there was a DQ finish, right? I, I think it was a countout actually. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think Miz got counted out. I think Darren Young won by countout. And then Darren Young kind of went a little nutso and locked the crossface chicken wing post match on Miz on the floor to kind of. And then afterwards, he was doing the old Bob Backlund thing where he's staring at his hands. He didn't know, you know, did, what did his hands do? I didn't do it. My hands did something crazy. We so. have to mention here that Bob Backlund half ripped his shirt off. Like. <laughs> Wait, he ripped his own shirt off. Yeah, right? yeah. Bob Backlund half ripped his own shirt off. Like, like half of it though. Like the front of his his white button up shirt remained, and the back was exposed with a suspender. There was right. No the we- suspenders were keeping the shirt on. Yeah, I think it was <laughs> just. I don't know. That was. I don't know what they were going for. I don't know what the end game was. I don't understand it. It was confusing as all hell. The crowd wasn't invested in the match. Um, I'm not sure that the crowd, and as much as I, I love our good friend, the Bone Crusher, you know, Fred Sampson, Darren Young, uh, I'm not sure the crowd is buying into whatever this is supposed to be with Bob Backlund. The music is weird. Um, you know, he comes out with the with the block, the hate gear, but there's no real acknowledgement as to what that means or or the or the, um, you know, the the significance or the importance of that. As as I think everybody knows, um, you know, Darren Young came out and is you know the first openly gay active uh, WWE superstar. Right, but it's never um, been acknowledged. Right, never character. been acknowledged on TV. It's never you know, and but he comes out with the block, the hate stuff, and they don't really ever. Acknowledge it, and it almost just feels like they're missing the boat here with with that because not that you'd want to emphasize the fact that that uh, his personal life or anything, but I think it's a pretty important thing. I think especially with all the stuff that goes on in the world right now, uh, of, of of all the things that they capitalize going on in the world right now that that Darren Young could stand for, they choose to do the parody of the Donald Trump slogan. 
make America great again with make Darren Young great again when I, I don't know I, it just there's a huge disconnect there uh, I had high hopes for it at first and it just well hopefully I, I mean it's a they, weird thing they dedicate more time to it now they have the split brands maybe they'll maybe they'll win you over Brian but anyway out of this segment the Miz remains the Intercontinental Champion we'll see where we go from here okay from there it was the six-man tag team match John Cena with Enzo and Cass against the club, AJ Styles, Anderson, and Gallows. So Cena, when he comes out, uh, he was the first announced, actually, uh, ahead of uh, Enzo and Cass, which I thought was interesting. And Cena comes out and says to the camera, always here and always will be, kind of acknowledging, I think, what we were talking about last week on the show, where um, people are saying he's going to have a reduced schedule, he's going to be doing all these different things, he's not going to be around as much. I think he really wants to get it yeah, out there. People looking for something to bitch about with John Cena. It's not, they're going to create something at this point. But, yeah, he's acknowledging that. So Enzo and Cass came out, and Enzo was dressed to the nines. This uh, this outfit, <laughs> like a, like a overalls, like a it, sweatsuit overalls. It was like the top was overalls, and the bottom was kind of like baseball pants. It really just didn't. I don't know where you got that from. Straight from the Mike Crockett wardrobe uh, collection, you right? That's how you no, dress, right? I've never worn anything, <laughs> anything at all similar to that. Uh, not in public, anyway. But anyway, so the Cena again kind of sat back and allowed Enzo and Cass to do their entire spiel in the ring. And Enzo was talking about teeth and crap and <laughs> teeth in crap and stuff like that. There's a bleep somewhere. For, even for though, the word crap. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I thought he was going to say say shit or something. I, I don't know. But the promo was, I mean, I, I thought it was hysterical. Uh, their stuff is really over. They're crazy over they're going to start selling a ton of if they're not already there i'm sure they're going to start selling a ton of merchandise these guys it's ironic i think that maybe they're trying to use enzo and Cass to help the reaction for cena some it feels like which is kind of a strange dynamic right definitely and so predictably enzo takes the heat for the match uh Cena kind of took a back seat basically the entire match until the hot tag. And he finally came in there, and there was a sequence where everybody was trading finishes. There was um, an AA on AJ. Cena went for the pin, but he was pulled from the ring by Anderson, and they gave him a spine buster on the German announce table. The German announce table was right there at ringside this time out. Uh, also from there, there was a jumping DDT on Anderson from Enzo. And then there was a style clash on Cena, and AJ went for the pin, and Cass pulled AJ out of the ring to return the favor there. And from there, the finish was an attitude adjustment off the top rope on AJ from Cena. John Cena gets a three count, gets the win for his team. So Cena and zone. And gets. the internet exploded. <laughs> because the IWC, if you will. Last time, AJ Styles won and the internet exploded because he didn't win how they wanted him to win. So I'm sure John Cena getting the win in the six-man tag now is going to just... I didn't even look because it just infuriates me because... It's just so stupid. <laughs> like I don't. I, I'm. I feel like I'm in a bad mood tonight, Mike. Am you, I surly tonight? It, uh, yes. If you if you follow <laughs> us, we were live tweeting on uh, at the WPAN on Twitter. Yeah, you just uh, went. And I think it's this next segment here, the highlight reel with Randy Orton. That's what really sunk you into the uh, deep depths into of, the of depression. Yeah. Yes. No, but I, I just I want to touch on the John Cena stuff here, just briefly. But sure. I, I think it's so stupid. I just be compelled by this at some point. He, 
he had to beat AJ Styles at some point. You can't just have AJ Styles pin him three, four, five times clean, center of the ring, blah, blah, blah. Over, otherwise, there's no program there. There's no interest. There's no, there's no nothing. I know in the past, maybe things haven't gone the way people had hoped in John Cena feuds as far as putting younger or newer talent over. But, Jesus, see where it goes before you, you piss and moan. And I think AJ has still has that credibility, and he's been treated pretty well overall. By AJ WWE. Styles is is a freaking top, you know, not to steal Enzo's line, but he's a he's a he's a bona fide top guy in WWE. He is one of the faces of the SmackDown brand going forward. Um, he is clearly, uh, I think, I think cemented as a main event player in WWE, and I don't think that's going to change, no matter what the final outcome of the. Um, the, the him and John Cena feud, feud is. I mean, smart money is probably it's going to end up AJ Styles feuding for the title type of thing coming out of this, but you don't know. Let's see where it goes. But, yeah, stop bitching. Please. <laughs> okay. then, and, and uh, Or don't. I don't know. <laughs> or take take your own advice right here, Brian, as we go into the highlight reel of your favorite segment of the night with Randy Orton. <laughs> uh, couldn't we do this on SmackDown? Come on. Did, did Battleground need to have an overrun to do this segment? Well, they, if they didn't have this, they would have just given uh, other matches more time, Brian. They're, they're well, going to do an overrun either way. Fine, give it the matches then. I, I don't know. I, I, I'm not a fan of these type of segments on, on the pay-per-views. Well, the biggest news coming out of this highlight reel, Brian, was the way that uh, Randy Orton came out in pants. <laughs> yeah, he, that's very, the big rarely, very rarely does <laughs> Randy Orton come out to the ring in pants. It's usually he's wearing a T-shirt with the, the little trunks underneath. and So this is a very rare occasion. I think we should celebrate it. Sure, sure, Mike. I, I thought the main story was the uh, the gift of Jericho and the, and the way uh, you were drinking it in, man. Uh, I was? Yeah, I saw you sitting there drinking it in. I, I, I took a second. I, took, <laughs> I did take a second. But uh, they went back and forth for a number of minutes. It took probably... Six or seven minutes for them to actually get to. Yeah, they didn't get Lesnar. to something interesting. Like it was just freaking nonsense to start. And yeah, the the point of this is to push Brock Lesnar versus Randy yeah. Orton at SummerSlam. I think the first thing that finally like snapped it was, which I thought was an unnecessary shot, but I'm, was was Randy Orton taking the dig at. Fandango, which I don't know. Do you want to do that to a guy that's currently on your roster? Like, right. Yeah. Chris said, uh, "Why make a muttonhead decision like facing Brock Lesnar?" And I want to just acknowledge mutton. Thanks for mutton. <laughs> and uh, yeah, Randy Orton of uh, fired back with, "How much of a statement would it be if I came back and faced Fandango?" So it was, you know, it was a dig at Fandango, but also a dig at Jericho, who came back. After you know one of his long hiatuses and went to a feud with Fandango. So yeah, here, here, so here on your pre-show, you you have Brizongo go over as presumably a tag team you're trying to build, and then in a much more high-profile uh, segment, you kind of have Randy Orton bury Fandango. I don't even know. <laughs> well, and and then from there, and he's a good friend of ours. He certainly Fandango. is. He certainly is. And and from there. Uh, they were talking about how many suplexes does it take to get to Suplex City, and Randy says it only takes one RKO to get to Viperville. No enhancement needed. Well, I, hey, I laughed. I thought it was a pretty good dig. And, and once again, it's funny because I was sitting there thinking during that segment. I was like, boy, I wonder if we're – I figured we'd probably talk about if WWE was going to acknowledge uh, uh, Brock Lesnar's 
drug transgressions with uh, UFC, and yeah, yep, they did already. So they certainly we don't even did. have to debate it. We don't have to look like fools this time. Yeah, as we mentioned earlier, this is kind of where we lost to the Playboy again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know. It's just the whole, you knew, I mean, did you not know that it wasn't going to end with, that the whole thing was going to end with Randy Orton RKOing Chris Jericho? That's what right? we're waiting for the entire 15-minute segment. The entire segment. thing, yeah, 15, 20-minute segment, whatever it was, to get to that, I, I don't know. You, you killed a bunch of time. I probably killed half the crowd in the process. All right, so let's move on to the main event, I Brian. I am surly, Mike. Yes, take, take a sip uh, there for the working man. And let's go to the main event. Triple threat for the WWE title. Seth Rollins versus Roman Reigns versus Dean Ambrose. But first, we have to <laughs> in- introduce the four authority not, figures. Not one, not two, not three, but four, Mike Connum. Four, four authority, authority, figures. authority figures. Yes, uh, Mick Foley was out first, of course, as we talked about last week. Uh, we didn't talk about Mick Foley as one of the possible GMs, but he is the GM of Raw, and he was followed by Stephanie, then Shane, who is the commissioner of SmackDown, and Daniel Bryan, who we talked about how there was some sort of uh, possible leak that Daniel Bryan was going to be the uh, GM of SmackDown. It turned out to be correct. So Daniel Bryan was out there uh, as the GM of SmackDown as well. So the four of them were out there at ringside to watch this triple threat match. And After after they put over several times over, during the night and on the pre-show, it's not going to be about the authority figures anymore. It's going to be about the wrestlers. Yes. Well, they're out there. they were out there just to pay homage, Bryan. They're paying homage to the... Well, uh, I get why they were out there, but right. I just thought it was so unnecessary. So, uh, major heat for Roman Reigns tonight as, as he was introduced and throughout the match, I believe. Roman Reigns... How about uh, that heel beard, huh? How about that heel beard? <laughs> it's going to get a little scruff there. Uh, you know, he they weren't feeling the love the uh, fans were in Washington, D.C. for Roman Reigns. Uh, so, there's a lot of stuff outside the ring in this match. Reigns and Rollins went over the barricade, and then Dean ran across the announce tables and jumped up on top of them. And at one point, uh, Rollins and Ambrose started working together and beat down Reigns, and they ended up doing a double-team powerbomb through an announce table, and then uh, Rollins ended up hitting Ambrose from with a chair from behind to end that little truce. That was a nice little, like, you know, kind of like homage to... They worked together, and then the homage to the, the split of the shield. I thought that was, that was pretty good... Uh Pretty good symbolism there. Yeah, and from there was a superplex by Rollins into a Falcon's Arrow for a near fall on Ambrose. Then Roman returned from uh, being laid out on the table, and he hit power bombs with both Rollins and Ambrose. He got a near fall on Rollins. Reigns kicked out of the pedigree, which uh, was first done on Raw this past week with Ambrose. And it was a buckle bomb into a Superman punch and spear. But then uh, Dean grabbed Reigns as he was going for the pin, picked him up, hit the Dirty Deeds, and got the three count on Roman Reigns. And do we think that Roman Reigns is going to be kind of uh, taking a back seat here? I don't. I think it's going to be Rollins versus Reigns on on Raw for the title. I think that's going to be your program on uh, on Raw. That's my guess. You think so, huh? Yeah, I do. I, I mean... Who the hell else is it gonna be? <laughs> that's yeah, that's a good. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's already right there. It's already ready made, ready built. I'm guessing that'll be. I'm my. If you want my official prediction or whatever, maybe I have time to change it afterwards. But I'm guessing we're going to see Reigns versus Rollins for some sort of you know Raw slash heavyweight championship at SummerSlam. 
And you were predicting uh, to, for tonight a double turn. Do you see yeah, that? Yeah, I was you see that happening in the future. Yeah, I think Rollins is going to end up as the babyface, and 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 Reigns is going to end up as the heel. They'd be kind of stupid to keep pushing Roman Reigns as a babyface. If they had any doubt in their minds, I think the the DC crowd tonight should have completely just finally pushed them over the edge of all right. This dude's not going to be a babyface for us. And we'll have to see. We'll have to see going forward uh, on Raw and SmackDown this week, Monday and Tuesday, of course. Both episodes live. And what do you think was your uh, match of the night here for a Battleground? I would uh, Owens and and Zayn, without a doubt, uh, one of the best matches I've seen all year. Um, WWE or non WWE, just outstanding match. I think I agree. I think also the uh, the six man with uh, Cena and Enzo and Cass in the club had you know the great mic work in the beginning, and it was a uh, uh, great uh, finishing sequence there. That was a great match as well. But I think, yeah, I agree with you. Zayn and Owens was probably your match of the night. Okay, that was Battleground, folks. And uh, check out the replays on WWE Network. Okay, from there, Brian, last week you heard a clip from Tommaso Ciampa on the wrestling podcast about nothing. He was talking about the WWE draft, the Cruiserweight Classic, stuff like that. And we had promised a full interview with him. But sadly... It looks like it won't be happening. No, uh, you know, well, I mean, it happened. We right. we recorded it. Uh, we're not going to be able to share it with you, um, unfortunately. And uh, I mean, we, we're not. It's no, it's nobody's fault. It's not Tommaso's fault. It's not WWE's fault. Um, it just is what it is. They're very protective of WWE. Is very protective of uh, of their talent um, and and what they talk about. And um, I mean, you can hear Tommaso talk on the New Age Insiders podcast from this past week. He was on there, um, but to be able to share his whole career story, you know, which which is what we got into, um, you know, we're just not we can't share that with you. Which it's not a bad thing. Here's our hope coming out of this. WWE obviously has relationships um, and pays attention to podcast listens and social media following. So we talked, and this is sort of like, this is a bit of a motivating factor for us, I think, Mike. Right, definitely. Uh, We love doing this. We love, this is such a fun, creative outlet for us. Uh, Obviously, we had hoped to get, to not only bring you a great story with Tommaso Ciampa's interview, but obviously, uh, because of the great recognition Tommaso has um, you know, in the wrestling industry. We hope that was going to bring us some some great visibility. Um, but WWE does obviously have some relationships with very, 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 very popular podcasts out there uh, by much, much bigger names than, uh, than, than Not us. Not much bigger, Brian. <laughs> Just slightly bigger. Slightly, well, I mean, yeah, Stone Cold. I mean, who's he ever be? Um, How many followers does he have? Yeah. He can't be more than a thousand, right? Come on. Um but yes, I mean it's it's nobody's fault. But um, but it does motivate us to say, hey, we we want to be one of those podcasts at some point. We understand it's going to take a while to get there. It doesn't happen overnight, but we're going to keep pushing, keep uh, keep trying to get interviews and, and try to bring you big things. Uh, and we want to get to the point where you know we can go to WWE and say, hey, we have this many listeners, we have this many followers. We would like to interview uh, a WWE talent, and I think our first friggin' choice would be Tommaso Ciampa, <laughs> so we can bring you that interview. Uh, and I can't, we can't stress enough that uh, how much we love Tommaso and how happy we are for him um, 
you know, in his journey, you know, where he started with us in chaotic wrestling and uh, all the trials and tribulations he's faced. And you can listen to some podcasts out there that he did prior to to being signed, and he talks about some of the stuff that he's uh, been through. Um, but you know, but where he's going, we can't be, uh, we couldn't be prouder or happier. Uh, I know I can speak for Mike, but Mike can obviously speak for himself too. But just if anything else, I guess what we got out of it, we got a fun, a fun uh, morning hanging out with uh, with Tommaso. Um, exactly. You know, and, and so if you want more of Tommaso Champa, though, you can listen to last week's episode of, of the Wrestling Podcast about nothing, where he does talk about. Um, the WWE draft. Uh, you can also, like I said, go to the New Age Insiders, uh, listen to their clip they did with him. He talks about, uh, I believe, the Cruiserweight Classic and then also the big chaotic wrestling show coming up in September that he's doing. And most importantly, you can watch Tommaso on the WWE Network uh, for NXT and the Cruiserweight Classic. Uh, and I'm pretty confident that we're probably going to see our good friend Tommaso as part of Raw and SmackDown at some point, too. Definitely. And yes, please, if you want to help us, if you want to help us get the word out, Please share our podcast via social media, retweet our posts at the WPAN on Twitter, recommend our Facebook page to your friends. That's facebook.com slash the WPAN. As this podcast gets bigger, so will the guests. So please become a part of the movement. Help us get bigger and better and share all of our stuff via social media. We really appreciate it. And, and I know, Brian, that we talked about, should we talk about this? Should we not talk about this? And we want to be kind of open and honest with Yeah, we want to be transparent fans. to our audience. Yeah. Definitely. So this is uh, something we're sharing with you guys. You know, there's no heat, obviously, anywhere. No, we're not mad. We're, 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 we, uh, we get it. We totally get it. Uh, you know, WWE is going to be protective of their guys, and if I was there, I'd be protective of my guys too. They right. just, you know, and I get it. They don't, they don't want, uh, they don't, they don't know us from a hole in the wall right now. And we get some you fantastic, know? we get some fantastic guests coming down the pike, and uh, you're going to enjoy do, it. We have a former, yes. former talent, uh, WWE talent uh, that we have an interview uh, recorded with. So that'll be coming up soon. So that's a little teaser. Out Maybe there. next week, Brian. In yeah, fact, a little teaser out there. So, yes, stay tuned for that, and thank you, folks, for all your support. And speaking of support, let's talk about the hashtag. Yes. Hashtag PDA for BDA. It's finally paying off, Mike. It paid off in a big way tonight. It, it certainly did. <laughs> Tweet it at BDA underscore radio or me. I'm at Crocsox, and the kingpin is at Brian Malonis. We'll mention you on the podcast if you use the hashtag, and here's proof of that. Let's go to Woody, Big Woody. At Apt Elwood on Twitter, he said, This week's promo about nothing so bad, I fired two guys from APW just to make a point. Jeez, Big Woody wielding Ooh, his, uh, it wasn't his me. power. It wasn't me, thank God. Yeah, that, that promo last week with uh, Scott Doring <laughs> was one... <laughs> one for the ages. One to grow on, or, or not to grow on, actually. It was... <laughs> No good. Watch, watching you be visibly uncomfortable with it was, yes. was lovely. Yes, and uh, also Big Woody talks about how you gave the wrong bell time for the show August 20th for APW. Oh, boy. It's 7 p.m., not 7.30, for crying out loud, Brian. Stop yelling at me, huh? Jesus. Okay, from there, Brad Hollister's back. At B underscore Rad Hollister, your friend... Big bacon, <laughs> big bacon. I haven't, I, <laughs> I, I've, I haven't seen this big bacon character. But uh, Brad Hollister says you two legitimately got me excited for the draft. Makes me want a full mock draft episode. Don't say that. 
Look at that, you jerk! You, you, you didn't give the fans. I saw, I saw Brad this weekend. I saw, I saw him Friday night. He expressed his disappointment of uh, of you being a killjoy and not not letting us do a mock draft. Well, I just I take all my advice from Kevbo, and he didn't want a mock draft, so no mock draft will be had. Thanks, Kevbo. Thanks. And uh, Brad says hashtag bacon approved. There you go. All right, so maybe maybe next draft, next time there's a wrestling draft. We'll do a mock draft just for. Uh, you know, you Brad say Austin. that, but you know there's going to be another one next year. So. Oh, there is. Come on, every year. Because it's time to shake things up. Come <laughs> on. <huh? laughs> All right, Mike Mills. Uh, Mike Mills, our buddy over at uh, Book in the Territory. He is at Mike Five Hundred Four Saints. He says another great episode. But one of these days, you got to bring me on to discuss the Big Bird incident. We uh, talked about this last week and the week before. He saw uh, one of his uh, delusions as on a long road trip. He saw a Big Bird running alongside his car. Maybe we should have uh, Mike Mills on pretty soon to talk yeah, about stuff like that. Yeah, definitely. I want to. I do want to get Mike on this. Uh uh, on this on this podcast at some point. Uh, again, that's Booking the Territory podcast, friend of ours, friend of the podcast. Uh, good stuff doing over there. Uh, and he know. said he definitely wants to have you back on, talk more about your career. Talk about my career or talk about Sasha Banks' career? Because Mike's a oh, big no. Sasha Banks fan. <laughs> maybe he'll, maybe he'll you know, dip his toe into that a little bit. But it's going to be about you, I think. You're, you're, the, you're the big guest. You're the king, Ben. Come on. Certainly am. And Sonny Goodspeed. Our good friend, Sonny Goodspeed. Who's Sonny? I remember Orlin Goodspeed. Well, come on. Sonny Goodspeed. He's a, a shining bright light in any locker room. I love Sonny Goodspeed. Yes, he's a, a hell of a gentleman, former professional wrestler. Chunky but funky was the uh, tag team that he was a part of in his in his later years in professional wrestling. But he had a long career with uh, Lobster Man's promotion. Did some booking as well, I believe, for NECW, if I'm not mistaken. Well, he's Sonny Goodspeed is at Sonny Strut, and he has a hell of a strut, if I may say so. He says, just so I don't have to hear another from at Strangler Steve and at HHA Guy 2004, I'm sending some love to at the WPAN, and we really appreciate it, Sonny. It's great to have you listening, and I think that's another guy that we should probably have on sometime. He's some Sonny great Goodspeed? stories. Yeah. This guy can tell a friggin' story. I just want to hang out with him. <laughs> like, I know, yeah. Let's let's hang out and grab crack a few beers and uh, just put on the microphone and see what happens. That's uh, that's a very good idea. And uh, also, Steve didn't respond to this at uh, HHA guy two thousand four who um, who Sonny referenced here and just said uh, whatever, whatever. Wow. Yes. Maybe Steven, some competition. Stephen not having it. Okay. From there, TK at thog ninety four, and I I found out this may be at thog ninety four. I don't really want to know what T Hog is all about, <laughs> but TK, uh, he said, uh, <laughs> he said both Crocsox and Brian Malos were pretty close with some of their draft predictions. Another excellent show as usual. Pretty close. You were dead on with a couple, Mike. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I thank you very much. Yeah. Okay. At referee Tony S. Tony S. Checks in. We talked about it a little earlier. Checking the boots podcast is the a guy, new podcast. The out guy there. that you passed the proverbial. Mantle of uh, Catholic Wrestling senior official too. Yes, I did. He is he's keeping hope alive there in the Chaotic Wrestling as the senior official of Chaotic. And he says uh, thanks to the crew uh, at WPAN for the support. Check them out. You won't be disappointed. Thanks very much, Tony. Uh, obviously, I'm listening, and it's uh, 
Great start for the podcast. Uh, they got three out already. It's been like a week. They got three podcasts out, Brian. We really got to step up our game if you want to. Uh, hey, I believe less is more, Mike. I want the, I want to leave the fans wanting more. And, uh, and I'm out there so much that, uh, you know, I think once once a week is enough to hear from the Kingpin. I mean, I agree with that. I mean, they could hear from me a little more. I don't know about you. Well, they hear from me once on the podcast and then usually a couple times on the weekend on, on uh, events. I guess so. Okay. Simon Gregory checks in. An uh, old uh, compatriot of ours from Chaotic Wrestling. He is at Leet Geek, and he says, uh, Great work on the draft talk at WPAN. We at the New Era podcast were very disappointed Brian Malonis didn't come and join our live cast. I guess they did a, a live podcast recently. They did, yeah, from uh, from the from uh, SmackDown. They went to SmackDown Live. I believe they were at a local establishment there doing a doing a live podcast. And uh, they did invite me to come on. I did have to decline. Uh, you know, my wife doesn't listen, so uh, I blame her. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the New Era podcast is another uh, new podcast on the block, and you know, I guess we're still a new podcast on the block too. So welcome, Simon Gregory, and uh, another, another host of theirs. I had a recent discussion with uh, Brian Albertson, one of the former uh, Shermaniacs, was still blaming me for for uh, Tommaso Ciampa throwing a tennis ball and hitting his wife. And I just want to point out that if you go look at the videotape, I moved my head about a quarter of an inch when that tennis ball came whizzing past it. I did not duck. I did not dive out of the way. Put the heat where it belongs, Tommaso Ciampa. Wow. I thought we were, we, I thought we were, uh, we're all hunky-dory with Tommaso. Now you're, now you're burying him. Oh, about, about the podcast oh, okay. we are. <laughs> okay, so become a part of the BDA Radio family. Use that hashtag, PDA for BDA, and leave us a comment. Ask us a question. Just let us know you're listening. We want to hear from you. So use the hashtag, PDA for BDA, on Twitter, and we will mention you on the show. And speaking of you know, the hashtag, PDA for BDA, a few weeks back, uh, we heard from Mike Mongoose, an old friend of mine, a former refereeing uh, cohort, and he is at Mike Mongoose123, and he sponsored our our battleground party this evening yes he gave us a you know a gift of pizza i know we i had talked when he brought mike mongoose up on the show i said that he used to work at fenway park and he got me free pizza so as a a token of his affection he's a, a listener of the podcast he sent us a gift certificate for more pizza so tonight we had some uh, lovely pizza from papa gino's uh, you know maybe i'll bleep that out that's an unofficial sponsor <laughs> but we talk about pizza way too much on this podcast <laughs> it's like it's like it's like a pizza podcast first and like a wrestling podcast second mike uh, man i gotta tell you i think the, the some of this bad eating here with the, all the pies you're bringing me and mike mongoose is sending us it's gonna go out the window the kingpin's got to keep trimming down. May have some big things happening. Really, really. Okay. Well, I don't Mike- know why I'm doing that voice. I don't know what that <laughs> voice was. I think it's it's because it's 12:30 and I'm tired. Well, mongoose, keep sending me the uh, pizza. Or anyone else? If anyone else wants to cater our podcast, we are more than open. Just uh, contact us. You know, direct message us at the WPAN. We are not about bribes and gifts. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, we thank you very much, Mike Mongoose. It uh, really hit the spot tonight. And it was fantastic. Thank you very much. All right, Kingpin, let's get to the promo about nothing, the segment that everybody's waiting for. And this time it is from July 1987. That's actually 29 years ago 
this month, Brian, what were you doing 29 years ago? 29 years ago? I don't know. I was like five. So like, so you're just kind of playing with Play-Doh and just kind of... I'm sure I was probably playing with LJN wrestling figures, actually. <laughs> Pretty sure I was. So Ken Patera, he was a member of the Heenan family at one point. He was a, an Olympic powerlifter. Served a stint in prison. Yes, uh, he did. Uh, th- and this promo that we're going to share with you here... It was uh, after his return from prison where he was ousted from the Heenan family and turned babyface. Do you actually know what he went to prison for? Was it something with ster- I don't know. Was something with steroids? I, I actually don't really know. I- uh, so I looked this up, and uh, Wikipedia is your friend, Brian. Ken Patera and fellow AWA wrestler Mr. Saito were denied service after hours in a McDonald's restaurant in Wisconsin prompting an angry Patera to throw a rock through a window of the building. He and Saido then assaulted the police officer sent to arrest them later at a hotel. And 16 months later, finally, he was sentenced to two years in prison over this incident. Seems kind of insane, especially now when you consider McDonald's is like a 24-hour restaurant. They really were hungry. (laughs) You don't deny wrestlers food after the matches. Apparently not. Okay, so... This promo from 1987, July, was just after a physical confrontation that Patera had with the Heenan family. He was whipped with a belt. Take a look at uh, Mean Gene Oakland as Ken Patera was uh, cutting this promo on the Heenan family. Let's take a listen to that. All right, here we go again. Ken Patera, Portland, Oregon. Join me, if you will. Over the past couple of years, you've had to overcome some tremendous personal difficulties. You've done so. You've you paid your debt to society, so to speak. And right now, you have ongoing problems with Bobby the Brain Heenan and virtually every member of his family, Ken. That's right. The weasel has come to the point that the conspiracy is completely out of hand. He turned his gang of henchmen on me, his goon squad, King Kong Bundy, King Harley Race, Hercules Hernandez, Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff. I've been humiliated before, but I'm so humiliated right now, I'm afraid to turn my back. I don't want the people to see what happened to me. They whipped me like a dirty yard dog. Well, I'm going to tell you something, Weasel, and the goon squad. I can take pain. I can recover. recover. I can recuperate. Well, I'm beyond that. I am so upset at the the actions that are going on in the World Wrestling Federation, especially from your so-called family, that it's just a matter of time. Like I said before, and I said it to you, Mean Gene, I've said it to everybody. It's just a matter of time when Ken Patera gets in full gear and runs the World Wrestling Federation, or rids the World Wrestling Federation of the likes of you, Weasel, and King Kong Bundy, Race, Hercules, Orndorff, all of you. You're all going to go down one by one, and I'm going to make sure of that. For the whipping that you gave me, whip me like a red-headed stepson, I'm sick and tired of that type of treatment. And when I get ready, when I'm in full gear, Heenan, Weasel, whatever you guys want to do, just bring it on because I'm not going anywhere. Cam. Like I say, I'm going to carry these scars for a while, but I do heal, and I heal well. All right. What a beating he took at the hands of the Heenan family. He's strong man, Ken Patera. We're right back. Yes. <laughs> Gene Oakland openly just laughing in the man's face. 
Red-headed stepson. <laughs> might have been one of the first times that that phrase had been uttered in 1987. I've heard it many times since, red-headed stepchild, but... Maybe Ken Patera was the uh, the originator of of, uh, of that of that phrase. Could have been. He could have been. Yeah, so Ken Patera, not exactly a uh, a maestro on the microphone. Yeah, you, that one you he's might... No, he's no Bob Cobb. <laughs> no, certainly <laughs> not. But that's, that's one you definitely want to go back and actually look at the video of, because the, the Oakland reaction really... Really, really cements the uh, wonderfulness that is that promo. Yeah, so check in the description of this episode. You'll see the link to the promo about nothing. And check out Kepatera and uh, Mean Gene. And you'll see Mean Gene just kind of losing it at one point there. Okay, Brian, you are hitting the highways and byways, crisscrossing this great nation of ours, applying your trade as a professional wrestler, and got dates? Of course I got dates, but uh, I just want to stop for a second and talk about uh, uh, my Saturday night. I was uh, I was expecting to have a Saturday night off. I was yes. sitting out on my deck. It's very rare. Yes, uh, ready to maybe crack a, crack a cold one and uh, fi- fire up the grill. And I was watching the kids play in the yard, and I get a text message. And, uh, well, all of a sudden I'm on my way down to McCoy Stadium and uh, – Pawtucket, Rhode Island, uh, for home the home bi- of the Pawtucket Red Sox. Yes, uh, for the big, uh, big time wrestling event um, that they that they were holding that night. One thing I do I do want to mention it's a, obviously a very it's a very serious thing and a very sad thing. Us being part of the local landscape here in in New England, I think, and me being or both of us being part of it for so long. Um, a guy that not somebody we were particularly close with, but I'm sure somebody we I know I've come across uh, over the years a few times guy by the name of AJ Matrano uh, uh, yes, who yes. Uh, who passed away uh, tragically at the age of 29 um, you know lost his battle with cancer so I just want to take a moment and acknowledge that um, I mean I'm not you know, me and AJ were not I wouldn't say we were the best of friends or anything like that but he was always very cordial to me very nice all our interactions were always very pleasant and I and I am friendly with uh, a lot of the guys there um, so to see the pain that they're going through currently um, I think anytime somebody that young passes away very tragic so just me taking a moment here where we have this vehicle to just acknowledge uh the passing of somebody uh way too young right um so uh, yeah, i'm not sure i ever met the guy but i watched that btw tv show when it was on a few years back and he was a highlight he was a commentator also a wrestler and very like old school there's like a Bobby Heenan vibe to him. He was he was very very entertaining, completely very, yeah. entertaining, and did a lot of back back behind the scenes stuff uh, for for big time wrestling and and a co- that's a company that has really grown a lot uh, in the last few years, it's growing from a New England promotion to now they go all over all over the place, out to Montana and all down the south. Um, but AJ Matrano was a big part of that, so just wanted to take a moment to, to mention his passing and, and uh, you know extend our condolences to his friends and families and 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 also the uh, the big time wrestling family there because I know uh, there's a lot of you know the people that we know that are hurting uh, because of this one. So uh, and if uh, you didn't know AJ uh, or you weren't entertained by it, you know if you didn't if you've seen him if you're not familiar with his work or anything, uh, just take a moment maybe you know maybe think about donating some money to. Um, you know, there's plenty of, you know, worthy charities out there that, you know, that help the fight against cancer. So, uh, even if you were a fan, weren't a fan, whatever, take a moment, throw a few bucks at, at something like that, uh, in, in his memory, uh, because 29 is way too young to lose your life. So, uh, just wanted to, uh, you know, acknowledge that because I, I was on the big time wrestling show on Saturday night. 
rather unexpectedly, rather (laughs) rather hastily, but I was very appreciative of it. Uh, On this show, the likes of Sting, Lex Luger, Rhino, The Sandman, Raven, Teddy Long, uh, I'm sure I'm missing a couple, Uh, Damian Sandow, our pal, Aaron Stevens, uh, Adam Rose, uh, Matt Hardy, just the who's who of like guys that can do anyone that's not signed and maybe a couple that are signed right yeah various contracts so probably the biggest the biggest crowd i've ever played to i think probably there's probably you know 2500 3000 people there at mccoy stadium was very cool to be i mean we get to be in the clubhouse area we were in the visitors clubhouse the Sox clubhouse is right there but just you think of all the names that have probably gone through those clubhouses if you're a baseball fan um, so very cool. Got to lock horns with Brutal Bob Evans in a tag match for the very first time. His partner Craig Costa. You hung with Bob? I did. <laughs> I did hang with Bob. It didn't come out so well for oh, me though. Uh, One of the few. <laughs> yes, but uh, a very cool experience and uh, uh, got got a lot of great feedback too f- uh, from from Teddy Long, who saw me wrestle on Friday night uh, and took the time to to talk to me and give me some good pointers. And I'm very appreciative of that. He hollered at you. He did, and he All did right. call me Playa. And I, I reached <laughs> out to him. I reached out to him on uh, Facebook to thank him, and he said, "You welcome, Playa." So, <laughs> um, but I mean, just to hear not only feedback but also. Uh, acknowledgement uh, of some of the things I was doing right is is very you know reassuring uh, from somebody who's been around the business for such a long time. Uh, but anytime you can get into environments like that, just from the standpoint of one being in the same locker room as guys like that, and then two getting something out of it. Um, right. You know, these are people that have been there, done that, or currently doing it. <laughs> so. Uh, if you're a, a guy and you get on these shows, try to take something out of it uh, because I know I – other than just the experience of it being cool, I, I took something out of it as well uh, from a learning standpoint. So very cool experience, but I do have more dates, Mike, if you'd like to hear. Do it to it. <laughs> All right. So this Saturday – oh, boy, this is the one. The pressure's on now with the APW Ugh. stuff. I'm, I'm, like, so nervous over it. They're going to, like – they're going to fire me or something <laughs> they keep screwing up their stuff. Uh, if I do f- uh, screw it up, Big Woody, it's quarter to one in the morning, man. <laughs> We're recording this. But this Sunday, Atlantic Pro Wrestling at New- at the Newburyport Yankee Homecoming, 10.30, first half, 1 p.m., second half. I got two big matches defending the APW Championship against the sure thing Mark Sherman and then later in the day against Donovan Dijak. Oh, boy. Who knows? Maybe the second one won't even be a title match. So you're, you're 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 calling it. You're losing the title. No, I'm just saying. I mean, if it doesn't go my way. All right, no spoilers. No spoilers. Later on that day, 6 p.m. bell time. Uh, I just saw tonight before we came on the air. Less than 90 tickets remain for Beyond Wrestling American Rana main event, which I'll be officiating. JT Dunn versus Chris Dickinson uh, versus Donovan Dijak. Zach Saber Jr. will also be there. Brian Fury will be there. Tommaso Ciampa will be there with with many more. So if you want to go to this show on Sunday, the the Beyond Wrestling uh, show, get your tickets like now because it's probably going to sell out before doors even open. I should add for the Atlantic Pro Wrestling show uh, that that is a free event. So yeah, <laughs> no, you can't. You have no excuses not to go to Yankee Homecoming for Atlantic Pro Wrestling because yeah. it's free. Uh, and both check out AtlanticProWrestling.com and, and Facebook and Twitter for them. And then for Beyond Wrestling, uh, I would check out Twitter and, and their Facebook because that's where they do most of their uh, advertising and whatnot. August 6th, Mike, I will be in South Hadley, Mass. for Pioneer Valley Pro Wrestling against a Wrecking Ball Ligurski. A stone's throw from UMass where I went to uh, 
university, if you will. Got to be close to Six Flags, too, right? You're thinking? Not too far, yeah. No, well, got to be, right? It's Western Mass. It's like a it's like a whole new world out there. I never go out there. It definitely is, yeah. So, yeah, the first time, and I don't know how long, the Kingpin's coming to Western Massachusetts. And then I return home to Atlantic Pro Wrestling to potentially be defending the APW Uh-oh. Championship for the third time in a month on Saturday night, August the 20th, with a 7 p.m. bell time. I think so. <laughs> I hope so, or you're going you're gonna to hear from Big Woody. Maybe I'm going to hear from Big <laughs> Woody, too. The very next week, Saturday night, August the 27th, Lucky Pro Wrestling in Clinton, Mass. Check out LuckyProWrestling.com, and then also find them on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, we'll stop there, Mike, because it's getting late, man. I'm tired. Yes, and I've got a lot of editing to do. Oh you my do, You're not getting gracious. any sleep. You're going to be on no sleep tomorrow. I'm on no sleep. No sleep. <laughs> it's like I, it's like I got a Kenny Rogers roasters right outside the window. <laughs> There's no sleep happening. Just don't just don't disturb the the old ball and chain, huh? Definitely not. Definitely not. Okay. Email Brian at Brian at Comcast.net. Uh, Brian Malonis at Comcast.net. Thank Michael. you, Brian Malonis at Comcast.net for bookings. Okay. Before we get out of here, we want to give a special shout-out to the podcast with little talent but lots of extra belly fat. A Man Walks Into an Armbar, BDA Radio's MMA podcast hosted by Chad Alden and Paul St. Amon Jr. Find them on BDARadio.com, and if you don't subscribe, you'll never know who would win in a fight. Fight! Yes, exactly. Go uh, to BDARadio.com if you don't know what we're talking about. Download A Man Walks Into an Armbar. And, you know, if you know anything about MMA or if you don't know anything about MMA. Like me. They'll educate you. <laughs> they'll educate you. Listen to Chad and Paul on A Man Walks Into an Armbar. Okay. Follow at the WPAN, the official Twitter account of the wrestling podcast about nothing. And as I mentioned earlier, go to Facebook, facebook.com slash the WPAN. You can go uh, follow us there. Plus, follow our sponsor at BDA underscore radio. And me, I'm at Croc Socks, and the kingpin is at Brian Malonis. Use that hashtag, PDA for BDA. Everyone is, so you might as well too. PDA for BDA. Send us free food. Yes, indeed. And for all your MMA and wrestling talk, Go to BDARadio.com. All right, Brian. Finally, we made it through. Yeah. You need to get the hell out of my house. I'm freaking tired. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm out of here. For the Kingpin, I'm Mike Crockett. See you next week. See you next Monday. Thanks for nothing. <laughs>